Welcome to Relaxed and Free, a clinically-minded, biblically-based counseling podcast. I'm your host, Kerry Corley, here with my co-host and friend, Doug <laughs> Bonebreak. Uh, today, our interview episode, we're going to be asking our guests to answer a question. For season one, that question is, is the American church in a mental health crisis? Uh, church being the universal church of of God, uh, big not, C church, yeah. yeah, big C church. Thank big you, C Doug. Church. Yep. And um, mental health being you know diagnostic and statistically manualed. Oh yeah, <laughs> mental yes. health issues, anxiety, depression, that type of thing. Yeah, right. anything you can get diagnosed for. Yes. So um, that that is the question. Is, is the American church in a mental health crisis? And uh, when we have our guests on, uh, our chief aim is for them to share their journey of how God has helped them to arrive at the answer to the question, all right? And so it's really kind of set up like a counseling session. Uh, we really want them to, uh, and they're prepared, to be vulnerable, to be authentic, and to just invite us into the story of their lives. And ultimately, uh, we're going to give God the glory for everything that He's done in their life uh, and how He has brought peace and freedom uh, into their life and the lives of the people around them. So today, without further ado... Drum roll, please. Drum roll, please, uh, is a guest a who, yeah, who is well known to us, Dr. Lindsay Bonebreak, <laughs> who happens to be the wife of Douglas Bonebreak, and also... Which is me. This. Hi. This, my yes. co-host and friend. And <laughs> um, Lindsay and I worked together at mm -hmm. a local nonprofit uh, mm -hmm. mental health counseling center in the Kansas City area for... Five years. Five years, yeah. Because uh, you were there a year before I was. Yeah. And you left last year, so. And uh, I do not hesitate to say that you're an esteemed colleague. And well, thank you. I am, even though I'm no longer there, I mm -hmm. miss you tons. Well, so. we miss you too, oh. a lot. Oh, thank you yep. very much. So uh, let's let's get right into it. Okay. Um, we're, I'm going to ask you the question. I'm going to get your answer, and then from there we'll just see how you came to that answer. Can I be that guy and interject for a second? Doug, that's two why minute, you're here. Two minutes in, you two did Two minutes, it. I know, but this is kind of important. That's, that's I would like to um, kind of establish some of the credentials of Dr. Lindsay Bonebreak <laughs> and all of the things that she is doing and has done, so that way she's establishing who she is to the listeners, and they know that she is not just my wife. She's also this powerhouse in the <laughs> counseling world. Dude, not to yeah, overstate I love that. it. No, yeah, you. Hey, you advocate for your wife. I will. You do it. Yeah, do it. So you know what? Tell them, Lindsay. <laughs> I'm a licensed professional counselor in Missouri. I'm a licensed clinical professional counselor in Kansas. I'm currently the director of a counseling program in Kansas. And um, what is the name of that program? It is 
the Master of Arts and Counseling program at Central Baptist Theological Seminary. It's new. Um, it's about uh, three years old. And I am in charge of our school partnerships at the um, office that I currently work at. So that's where my heart is, is working with kids and also educating uh, future clinicians to go do the Lord's work. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. And I'm a play therapist. That's my. That's the most fun part that's of your, my job. That's your yeah. thing. That's my. That's the fun part. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what, what we were talking about before all this. Yeah. yeah. It was a great conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question is: Is the American church in a mental health crisis? I feel like brooding music should play after <laughs> you say that. <laughs> so I have a. I, well, I don't know if we'll call this an advantage or a disadvantage, but I've heard your guys' other. You're practicing and you're pontificating on this question. So I've overheard other people's answers, which is making it harder for me to answer and making me feel like I'm copying off of someone's paper. Oh. <laughs> so Yeah, she heard my answer and was like, no. Well, that's it. That's the right answer. <laughs> it was not your it was that's not your answer. Honey. We just got we got that recorded. That's what it was. No. So I I I will build upon the answer that I heard. I don't think the American church is in a mental health crisis. I think America is in a mental health crisis, and the church is in a crisis. Oh, so it's one, not the other. So the culture, American culture, is in a mental health crisis. For sure. And the church, because it's in American culture, is just is kind of a part of that. I think the church has its own crisis going on, but I wouldn't say that it's based in mental health. I would say mental health is a symptom of that crisis. But I think the answer that I overheard that I loved was today we're seeing churches with counseling centers, with support groups, with lay leaders learning how to care well for people who aren't either able to afford counseling or don't want to go to counseling. So we're working to equip people to care well for people. I even see churches that have trauma-informed care trainings, different Mm. things like that. So I don't think the church is in a mental health crisis, but I think the church has got a whole other set of problems, concerns, issues. And I think that is because it's in America. Our our issues in America are so big. Everything's big right now. Yeah, just in your face. Mm -hmm. So you said that the church has its own host of problems. I want to go in that direction. What problems are you seeing in the church in terms of really I mean, and it, it, you don't have to limit it to mental mm-hmm. health, but mental health um, and maybe you're seeing like theological issues or I think what's I'm your seeing, number, what's your top three? Oh, my top three. I think what I see is a laissez-faire attitude in the church of a lot of people. I go to church to check my Sunday morning box. Mm-hmm. But then that also gives me the right to judge everyone else. So it's it's like I've I've checked my box, and now because I've checked my box, you're doing this thing wrong. You're doing this thing wrong. This thing wrong. And then I think another thing that I see is a lot of intolerance in the church of people who are not believers. So holding non-believers to standards that they shouldn't be held to. Hmm. Okay. Um. So so hanging on to the third one because okay. I don't want to. Even, I don't know if I have I don't want to. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> I don't want to flood my own mm-hmm. my own brain. So the first one you said was they're checking a box, mm-hmm. and I want to I want to dig into that a little bit because I, I think data suggests 
<clears throat> and our Google guy might be able to help me with this. Uh-oh. Maybe he has to Google Barna. I don't know. Oh, we but should introduce. That's Chris. He's on the... Uh, Chris is our yeah. Google guy. Chris is our guy in the chair, if yeah. you've watched. I'm pretty movies. sure that data... I, I know Google. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And data suggests that the American church is shrinking. And mm-hmm. so, in my mind, I'm like, does that mean people are still checking a box or do they even care to check a box anymore? Because my, my well, I would say thought, I'm sure I think that's I agree with that, but I would say also that the people that are going, and I wouldn't say this about your church or my church. I know where we've chosen to be engaged. Yeah, though, you can't talk about my church I'm, now. Yeah, I, I'm not. Ta- I'm not talking about my church. <laughs> I love my church, but we're talking about everyone. The general else's like it was not yeah, here. The general church. <laughs> it's never going to happen it's at never our church. Us. But I even speaking of Barna, I was doing a um, self care. Um, presentation and i looked up and it was self-care for people in ministry oh really and the statistics say that um and chris you can check this on barna because i just found it like two weeks ago what's what's barna barna is a a research polling polling group in 2019 it was like 29 percent of pastors were not well in all they there was like eight different um, wellness categories. 29% of pastors were overall not well. Wow. Since the pandemic, that number is up to, I think, 39%. And then you are kidding. it's 45% for people who are under the age of 45 in ministry. So You are kidding. Like, so younger, ministers are burning out. Younger pastors did mm-hmm. not handle the pandemic well. It doesn't sound like. I don't know if I would say that. I would say younger pastors. I mean, I know correlation pastor, doesn't equal causation. I would say yeah. younger pastors probably felt more pressure because they knew how to do all the technology things. Oh. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, and that's just my. I, I'm. No. This yeah. is just a guess. I would say. Well, I mean, younger, no one. Yeah, no yeah. one's going to hold you, your feet to the fire here. We're we're just talking. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so Chris has. Chris, yeah. why don't you show? Uh, it's. Thirty-eight percent of U.S. pastors have thought about quitting full-time ministry mm-hmm. just over the past year. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah, that's, that's from twenty twenty-one. Thirty-eight percent—that's from Barnum. of pastors have thought about quitting full-time ministry mm-hmm. over how many years? In the last year. In the last year. And when you think about what they have encountered in the last two years, how to care well for their parishioners that they they couldn't see or they couldn't get to or their needs shifted entirely like there was not a in my counseling classes there was not a pandemic 101 i'm sure in their ministry class in their seminary classes there was not a pandemic 101 class yeah i don't think anybody had a pandemic um, 101 since, <laughs> since the last one was yeah. 100 years ago <laughs> right yeah um and i think they had to get really creative and then i think um they got burned out on their creativity because so what I experienced, right. You and I worked from home for like what, eight to 10 weeks, something like that. Yeah. It was a long time. Um, and I remember the first day of it, I was like gung ho. I was like, I'm going to figure out how <laughs> to do all these things for kids online. I'm going to help them. We're st- oh like, gosh. there's going to be no question. I was delusional. I had a four month old. <laughs> Don't like, and then the kids were the hardest ones yeah, to and do. And then all this social media stuff came out. All these people were trying to, be so helpful, so helpful. And they were like, you can try these things and these things. And every day it was a new set of things over and over and over. And I finally had to stop even looking at it because it just made me feel like a terrible therapist every day because I was like, oh, really? I'm lucky mm. if 
I'm lucky if I don't see like seven ceiling fans for seven hours a day, which <laughs> doesn't mean therapeutic work wasn't happening. It was. But I Hi, these, Dr. Lindsay. I have here's, my, here's my room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was so cool. There was a really a beautiful vulnerability piece to that of yeah. like I had just come back from maternity leave. A whole bunch of people got to meet my baby that never would have. Um they got to meet my dog. You know, I got but to the see their seventh, bedroom. But the seventh session of them showing you their closet, you know. Right. And, and then I have all these therapists are who are posting. Any therapeutic traction yeah. here? And I have all these therapists who are posting like, let's do this scavenger hunt. And you can do this. And you can do this. And you can do this. And I'm like, so relate I'm that to me back the for the day. pastors. So, oh, so I'm saying, I'm guessing something similar was happening over in the ministry world of like, hey, you guys can do this for your parishioners. You can do that. You can do this. And then, uh, yeah, yes, we can do all those things. And I love brainstorming and I love being creative. But there also comes a point when we're all living a collective trauma and we yeah. have no idea what's happening next. No. That we have to be like, I have to be okay with doing the best I can with what I have right now. And if that means that... I see a ceiling fan and I get a check-in with that kid and we talk and we do a three marker challenge or or whatever thing that's giving us some sort of connection, mm-hmm. I know that's therapeutically beneficial. Right. Yeah. For but pastors, so, yeah. I don't know where that stops because you don't know where that stops. And then also I would say that pastors um so you have the clients, parents mm-hmm. who are who are you know, on on some level, they're they're watching what you do. Yeah, right? they've got to at least turn the computer have, on for you me. Had, you had our clinical director mm-hmm. watching what you do. Mm-hmm. And then you had the rest of us judging you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> then, I mean, it so, didn't feel like that all the time. No. So you have, you have, what, an active caseload of like how many clients? At that time, probably. Yeah. I would probably say between... 40, 45, not seeing so, them all every week. But, not seeing them all every week. But mm-hmm. so we could say that most churches are probably not 45 That's people. Small. You know, the, you're right. They're, they're bigger. You know, at least a couple right. hundred probably is where the average church lands. Mm-hmm. So, and then you talk about pastors of like, you know, bigger mega churches, churches and mega churches and all of that. That's a lot of people to try and make happy. Well, the and, biggest thing that I heard mm-hmm. from, because so I do, prime, I do primarily marriage counseling, mm-hmm. and I have a heart for pastors, So, mm-hmm. uh, and they talk to each other, pastors talk to So mm-hmm. I have a lot of pastors and pastors' wives come through my office for marriage mm-hmm. counseling. And the number one thing that I heard was just the difficulty of answering a phone call and people being upset that the, that the church wasn't doing enough mm-hmm. for COVID, the mm-hmm. pandemic, and then hanging up the phone, and then the phone ringing right away, and the other person being upset that they were doing too much. Well, and so the pastors were caught man. in this catch-22. Mm-hmm. You know, you're darned if you do, you're darned if you don't. Well, they couldn't we, make people happy. If we know? think about pre-pandemic, right, we have a pretty solid grasp on our 50 minutes. Or we, and yeah. we have learned to do that, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. my session is over at 50 minutes. I have 10 minutes to go to the bathroom, write me notes, whatever. Pastors before the pandemic were on duty 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. Whether right or not, the, the expectation <clears throat> of the typical parishioner is if I need my mm, pastor, yeah. he will be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we all go work from home for this chunk of time. And I felt like if anyone needs me at any time, I need to be available because I need to prove that I'm being, that I'm working. 
no, no, no person ever told me that. No person ever implied that to me. Just that was a self. The little person in right. your mind. I'm an Enneagram one. I'm a perfectionist. And I want to prove to you at all times that I'm working, that I'm doing yeah. my job, that I'm doing my best. Again, <laughs> yeah. nobody ever questioned my work ethic. Not one person. But. And if they ever did, you'd tell them to talk to me. <laughs> Or me. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, the husband is still here. <laughs> the guy who was taking care of the baby upstairs. That, and I had to hear it. It was traumatic but for all of us. But um, the pastor, whether they want to have those healthy boundaries or not, and I know I've spent lots of time. I have lots of friends who are pastors. We, we've spent a lot of time in the therapy office with pastors talking about healthy boundaries. But, and, and those can happen most of the time. But we can't plan for the big crises that they're dealing with. And, oh, yeah. and and they're just they're intimately involved in people's lives in a different way than we are. It's similar, but it's also very different. And um I think, you know, again, turning off, shutting our computer, any of those things were not happening then. And now we're seeing the results of what that looked like for two years we're seeing yeah. and and i so i think that under 45 to me that number is because those people a knew how to do all the technology pieces b felt like they were still in that phase of ministry in life that they're trying to prove themselves and c our generation doesn't know how to stop working so the older pastors were probably like, yeah i'm done for the week like <laughs> it's five i'm done I don't want to be on that computer box anymore. You know, right? Yeah. I think it was a lot easier for them. Yeah, I know there were other things that were way harder for them. I'm not being, oh. being ageist in any way, but um. <laughs> that was my first thought. <laughs> She's being ageist. Right so, there. was there fallout? Would you say that there was fallout from those pastors being burnt out? Did you experience fallout yourself from our church? No, I think. Really? I mean, we go to a – yes. I what think size is your church? Just we go to a church plant. I would say now our church probably runs on a average week 75 to 100 adults. Is that correct? You do the counting every I week. I do do the counting. <laughs> I can tell you it is uh, averaging around 100, maybe 110 attendants. Okay. That's including all children. Okay. Um each week, probably about 75. And the question, Doug, was, did you experience? I'm just, yeah, I, I mean, and again, we don't we I, don't necessarily need to talk about it. I'm not trying to air dirty laundry. I just, we went through a lot in those couple of years beyond just the pandemic. And um, it's been a really interesting journey for me specifically about I, I <clears throat> getting support and stuff like that. And um, getting support, as I said. Getting support, yeah. but also feeling plugged plugged in and mm -hmm. um, there's a whole bunch it's you know because to me the the church shrinking yeah um isn't necessarily only indicative of some problem with the church if that makes it like it's it could also be indicative of like a problem with connecting in the community and the fact that the last two years like there are a significant number of people who just won't show up due to a pandemic. If I if I understand the data correctly, the the shrinking is um, consistent with age. So, baby boomers, 
I can't remember all the percentages. I'm looking at Chris, the Google guy. Uh, I think this was also Barna uh, <laughs> that um, uh, baby boomers who <laughs> this episode brought to you <clears throat> right. <clears throat> Excuse me, <laughs> the baby boomers um, were pretty high uh, in their percentage. Um, I think around like fifty percent or so uh, would consider themselves religious and Christian based faith. And then the greatest generation, which was before them, was higher than that. And then millennials um, are in the teens. Am I right about that, Chris? Um, I don't know about the generation. So you're saying this shrink has to do with the generation, not the per time frame of the correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, mean, I would I agree can with give that. You statistics though on uh, how much, what percentage of each generation. We're happening per year. Okay. Um, what what year would you like? Twenty twenty. Well, in two thousand twelve, the the elders is what they're calling them, and boomers were at forty three percent for the elders and for church attendance for church weekly church attendance. So fifty three percent of all elders in that generation, yeah, uh, in two thousand twelve, were attending church weekly, and forty four percent of boomers. Only 41% Gen X and 36% millennials. In 2020, everybody's down by sure. nearly 20% for and everybody. That's, and that's church attendance. So that makes so sense I would to guess me. Right? Boomers and elders, that number would be way higher if we would consider like shut ins who would be there but couldn't get there. But if you hang yeah. in with me, because I, I, I want to make a point here. If you'll look up not church attendance, but look up belief, um, the like, uh, I think the statement was um, if someone uh, believed in uh, the Christian faith, right? Mm -hmm. They believed in God and higher power, Jesus Christ, that type of thing. Um, like I think that drastically reduces as okay. it changes. So he's looking that up. But <clears throat> and my point being that um, I think church declined is because Obviously, the older generations who had a um, a higher percentage of them who considered themselves Christian are passing away. And mm -hmm. the younger generations have much lower percentage who would consider themselves Christian mm -hmm. are now taking, taking in uh, the lead positions of the church and stuff like that. And, and the American church is literally shrinking. Um, so I think it's something, <clears throat> I think it's something to consider in terms of, um, mental health in the church, uh, because, um, what do we say about, um, anxiety and depression and all those things increasing at the same time as our faith is decreasing? I think that's interesting. I'm not saying, you know, that they have to be connected, but sure. well, I think um, that also we, plays into my second yeah. thing. So of... we will get to your second thing. We're going to take a break. And I think so it's a great time for a break. And we're going to take a break right now. And we're going to come back to the data set of Google Chris <laughs> and the, uh, the second point of Dr. Lindsay Bonebreak. And we will be right back. At Lakewood Family Therapy, we aim to be your refuge in the storm. We're professional Christian counselors whose sole purpose is to bring healing to your family 
and hope for the future. If you'd like a free 15-minute phone consultation with one of our professional counselors, you can call or text 816-663-9751 or head on over to our website, lwfamilytherapy.com. We'd love to hear from you. Lakewood Family Therapy, where faith, family, and future is our number one priority. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for part two of this interview. Relaxed and Free is a presentation of Lakewood Family Therapy. Catch up on other episodes wherever you get your podcasts and please rate and review. Every review honestly helps us bring you this content. Production and engineering led by Doug Bonebreak. Recording done by Chris Renfro. Stay relaxed and free. Let's not waste time. We'll take this slow. We've got miles behind us, but miles to go. So let's just break this down to the simplest truth. You and I as one will always be better than two. Yeah, you and I as one will always be better than